Okay, let's see what's news today. Uh, the morning paper blues, huh? Oh, bad, bad, worse. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. No, good news. The General Assembly in Richmond is working on a law to help Dominion Energy customers. If it passes, it's going to lower the cost of electricity. Uh, let me see. Right here. Wow, you're right. It saves Dominion Energy customers at least $350 million. Is it law? Mm, not yet, but I sure hope it passes. Great. Now pass me the comics. Legislation being considered by the Virginia General Assembly strengthens regulatory oversight and saves customers at least $350 million. That means a savings of about 6 to $7 a month for the average residential user, according to the State Corporation Commission, the agency that regulates utilities in Virginia. It's common sense rate relief that helps us continue doing what we do best, meeting the needs of our customers. To take action, visit dominionenergy.com forward slash rate relief. Paid for by Dominion Energy. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I am your host, Jay. Thank you for checking me out here, wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to, as well as checking us out on YouTube. While you're there, please like, subscribe, rate us, review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Give us five anyway. Gifted. So on today's solo episode, I'm going to dive into the movement landscape of the NFL from Russell Wilson getting dealt to Denver. Carson Wentz headed to Washington. Aaron Rodgers signs that contract. I told y'all was going to happen. And um, are the Cowboys really thinking about getting rid of Amari Cooper? Hit us up on the unfair fan line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think of the show. Of course, give us your strongest opinions and or just call us and say hi. We're going to start doing a full-fledged uh segment on your call-in so hit us up 430-901-1906 hey what's good everybody thank you for joining me it's jay going solo that i'll give you guys a friday episode there's a lot to talk about in the nfl i want to talk nba but i think i'm gonna wait and bring you guys something on monday Around the NBA, talking about that Philadelphia and Nets games, I thought that was interesting, especially because me and Jimmy talked about it earlier this week and how significant it is for Ben Simmons to be sitting on that bench. And, of course, everything worked out for him perfectly. But news in the NFL, we are in refinance season in the NFL. This is tax season for them. So teams are either A, getting money and they're spending it like crazy, or B, they're paying it back and they have to refinance everything that they own. The fun part about that is is y'all should be able to relate to that because either you're paying taxes or you're getting a tax refund. We're in the season, March 15th. Well, I'm sorry, was April 15th everything is due, so I actually need to get mine done. I try to get it done by March 15th. That's another story. Um, next week is of course the start of March madness, which I'm of course excited about. I'll be in Vegas. If you're going to be in the Vegas area and you listen to the show, please pull up, shoot me a tweet, tweet me at unfair sports. Let me know that you'll be in the area. Hell, we'll go grab a drink together. I might buy you one just for being a supporter, but let's start off with this. I think it's interesting that we are in a era in the NFL where it seems like quarterbacks are being shuffled a lot more than they used to be. 
So I'm I am of the era of quarterbacks going to a team and it's rare you see them go anywhere, especially if they're a good quarterback. And over the last couple of years, we've we've been seeing movement from Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Carson Wentz has been shipped twice now. Um and now we've got this bigger blockbuster to me, big blockbuster of Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos. So he got shipped to Denver in the deal. The Seahawks will receive a Drew Locke, Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first round picks. So the 2022 number nine and a 2023 pick, two seconds, 2022. Uh, in 2023, as well as a fifth round pick in 2022. And the Seahawks uh, will ship out Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick. That's so far what it is. What's interesting to me about this trade is I'm trying to better understand what the hell, just like everybody else, Seattle's thinking. Now, there could be some logic that Seattle has in this scenario because we've seen the disgruntledness between Russell Wilson, the front office in Seattle. We understand that there's beef, there's issue, all that jazz. I get it, but you've got your quarterback. Like he's your franchise quarterback. Why would you make a move like this in an era where it's getting harder, even harder to find competency at the quarterback position? Defensive coordinators and defensive players are getting smarter. They're much smarter than they used to be, in my personal opinion, because they're able to nullify so many quarterbacks. It's very hard for guys to dominate in this league to me at the quarterback position than it used to be. Like, and, and if you really think about it, they're about equal. It can be, depending on your lens, but like I said, it seems like people are shifting around a lot. So, what was Seattle thinking? So Seattle now has Drew Locke, which we all know ain't it. We've synced it. Noah Fan, unfortunately, can't get away from said quarterback as now he is following him to Seattle. And Russell Wilson gets just an amazing group of wide receivers to work with. So let's start first with Seattle. Like I asked earlier, what were they thinking? Seattle's had Russell Wilson since 2012. If you think about it, I mean, the last real quarterback that Seattle had before the Pete Carroll era was what Hasselbeck was Matt Hasselbeck. That was basically it. I mean, if you really think back on it, who else they have at quarterback? And after Hasselbeck was basically at the point of retirement, they couldn't find anyone to fill the need. So what they do, Pete Carroll came in. Pete Carroll wasn't very good at coach before Russell Wilson uh, showed on the scene. He was kind of below average. So like looking at this, Pete Carroll's been there since 2010, 2010, 2011, seven and nine. So he had Hasselbeck. He had, who was this? Browner. Brandon Browner was his, no, that wasn't the quarterback that was their best. They had Tavares Jackson as his quarterback. That's who that was. I'm sorry. I clicked on the wrong guy. Tavares Jackson was his quarterback. He had Hasselbeck for a couple years. Had Seneca Wallace for a year underneath Holmgren. And 
2012, they got Russell Wilson in the draft. Now, remember this. They got Matt Flynn because Matt Flynn was the backup to Aaron Rodgers. He won the backup job there. He had some really good games when Aaron was hurt. Topped it off by ending the season in January of 2012 with 480 yards passing, six touchdowns. That's how he ended the season. And because of that, everybody thought, oh, Matt Flynn's going to be a future starter. Let's go get him. So Seattle pulled basically what Kansas City did with Matt Castle when he was the backup in New England and brought him into the team. The problem was is that Matt Flynn is not that good of a quarterback. He's a great NFL backup quarterback, but he's not a starter. And they learned that quickly by starting a rookie quarterback that season instead. They went 11-5, and five, Legion of Boom. They had the quarterback on a cheap deal. And they were able to, within Russell Wilson's first two years, win a Super Bowl ring. That even goes back to our conversations about quarterbacks and how you need to win something while they're on their rookie deal. Because, honestly, the only quarter, most quarterbacks that ain't on their rookie deal or are they on their really cheap deal they're on a cheap deal or their rookie deal. There's a better chance of you winning because you can surround them with more talent. Tom Brady's your best example. He has done what no other um, quarterback has done. He's always taken a haircut on his pay. And what did that do? Got him six rings in New England. Everybody else that takes money, once you give the quarterback all the money, the rest of your players start to suffer. And I guess that's what Seattle was dealing with. Because they had no way, they weren't able to surround Wilson with the right weapons in the right spots to do it. Either the defense just was very much questionable, the offensive line wasn't as good, because this was post-Legion of Boom. You know, they went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, and ever since then, we ain't seen much out of them. And then this year was Pete Carroll's first losing season since 2011, where they went 7-10 this year, they went 7-9 that year. But you had your franchise quarterback. So now you have to start over. You've got to go find that good backup quarterback that you can give a three-year deal worth like 30-something million, you know, 10 million a year quarterback, and then hope that they can do just enough to win games or not lose games and build your defense so they can do it. So hopefully Drew Locke's the guy. I don't see it. Unless they see a quarterback in the draft that they feel like can, is being undervalued like Russell Wilson was when he came out of Wisconsin in 2012. That was my take on Seattle making this move. It, it still didn't make much sense to me, but what else? For Denver, it made all the sense. Because if there's one thing we all know about Denver, is that John Elway and his GM suck at drafting quarterbacks. Suck. Because since Peyton Manning, they've gone through how many quarterbacks? I mean, you, they drafted, what, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke. They had Teddy Bridgewater this year in hopes of being better. So, I mean, so since they're one of 
Two teams since 2016 to start 11 different quarterbacks. They're tied with the Washington football team slash commander slash previous name to do that. Only other teams close. Dem, uh, the the New York Jets had 10. The Bears and the Browns are nine. And I'll say this. This is very much unpopular opinion. But Browns fans probably should be happy to Baker still there because y'all be going through quarterbacks, dog. Y'all are infamous for just going through quarterbacks. So it's kind of a good thing that your quarterback is actually, you actually got some stability at quarterback. So I personally think y'all should just be a little bit happier, but that's just me. But Denver has gone since Peyton Manning in 2015. They've had, see, Brock Osweiler started seven games in 15 with Peyton Manning. 16 had Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch in 17. Case Keenum in 18. Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brandon uh, Allen in 19. And in 2020 was just a wild year. We won't even talk about that. And then last year we had Teddy Bridgewater with Drew Locke with 14 and three game splits. Before that, Tim Tebow, Kyle Orton, Jake Cutler for three years, Jake Plummer. Broncos just haven't been able to get, even though I like Jake Plummer, Broncos haven't been able to get a solid starting quarterback since John Elway himself. I mean, Greasy was solid, I guess you could say, but he he didn't win them anything. Manning was able to come there and win a Super Bowl, and they got Manning with a bad neck. He had a, he had a great year. And then, of course, you could see that he was falling apart. But this made the most sense for Denver. You get yourself a franchise quarterback. They've got the young receivers they ain't got to pay yet. Got a good enough offensive line. Russell Wilson can cook. And they got a really good defense. They're probably going to get Von Miller back. So they knew that they weren't going to be able to catch lightning in the bottle. And I'm trying to figure out why Seattle think that they could do that again. I don't see them finding another Russell Wilson in the draft. I don't because I don't see anybody in the draft like that unless they go for like uh, Desmond Riddler and they're able to use his maturity and get him going, which is I think that was the benefit of a Russell Wilson is his maturity. But Seattle, I hope that y'all have a real plan. And Pete Carroll's getting old. So at a certain point, he's going to retire and y'all going to be starting from scratch. But outside of that. Good job, Denver. Y'all got y'all's guy. This is probably this is probably Super Bowl season for you all. Even with Russell Wilson's check and what he's making, you still have enough weapons on that roster. Because that's something that Elway and them have done good in the front office. They've been able to get all the pieces that you need to go around a quarterback without finding an actual quarterback. And I think Russell Wilson will do them well. So Seattle... Fans, I'm sorry, don't jump off a bridge. I think you'll be okay. I mean, you may suck for like the next, you know, five years, but if Pete Carroll can bring back the, a Legion of Boom Estique type defense, it'll work out in the long run. Let's just put Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. I like that.
Hey, thanks for tuning in to here on the podcast. While you're here, hit like, the subscribe button, follow, rate us, review us, give us all that stuff. And check out the YouTube channel. I focus, I'm going to focus more on like recruiting stuff, OU content on the YouTube channel. Because that seems to be what resonates with the fans right now. And we'll keep this podcast, the audio side of it, more just chopping it up about what's going on in sports. And so with that, I want to talk more about these NFL movements. So we've got Carson Wentz getting traded to the Washington Commanders. I I don't know what Washington was thinking, but they were thinking something. So Washington is going to send Wentz and a second rounder from this year, from 2022. And the Colts are going to get Washington's second rounder, their third rounder this coming year, and a third rounder next year which can be upgraded to a second rounder if Wentz plays 70% of the plays in 2022. We got to ask this question. What the hell were the commanders thinking? Do they really see or think that there's something that can work with Carson Wentz? Now, I've been on record in the past saying I thought Carson Wentz could be something special. I thought he had something on him. Because he was really good with Philly for you know a couple seasons. The biggest problem was he couldn't stay healthy. And then when he started falling apart, his game fall, fell apart. I mean, what was that, 2020, where he had probably one of the worst statistical seasons we've probably ever seen out of a quarterback? One of the worst of, out of a starter, especially out of a top pick. And then he gets traded to the Colts to go back with his former offensive coordinator, and they realize what? Nah, you ain't it. So what does that mean? It is really hard to play quarterback in the NFL. Like it's really hard, and it's just tell it just confirms any any thoughts that I ever had about the position. You can't think that you're going to be able to walk into the NFL and just dominate, irregardless of how talented you are, without all the work that goes in the back end and the mental capacity to basically stay calm. I think what Wentz the problem with him is is that he's just those injuries has given him like PTSD. Kind of like uh, my boy Sam Bradford did when he came out of Oklahoma. He kept getting hurt, and he got to the point where he's had the – they called the yips. He would fold up, get scared. David Carr was another great example. Brought him in. The Houston Texans abused him so bad to where it was just like, uh, everything – it felt like he was nervous all the time. And I like David Carr. I thought David Carr was really good coming out of Fresno State. And so I had questions about when it's coming in, but like I said, I was on record saying that I thought he was going to be pretty solid. And so it's funny, a tweet un- was uncovered recently from 2017 that uh, kind of shocked me. I, I had made a comment. And Ed Werder had tweeted out, I polled eight, G NFL GMs asking whether they prefer Dak or Carson Wentz. This was back in 20 November of 2017. The results, seven of them took Wentz, each citing his superior skills as a pocket passer. The other GM took Dak to prevent it from being unanimous. So now y'all tell me this. Who do you all think is a better quarterback? Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz? Because my eyes is 100% Dak Prescott. 100% Dak Prescott. 
And so I even said, I liked Wentz and I thought he had a bright future. And that's mainly because he was a top pick. So you kind of expect him to be good. Top number two pick. I mean, he's number two pick. So we're in there that makes you think that he wasn't going to be good. There was talent there, but after all those injuries, man, that, that gets to people. That gets to your head more than anything. Ask Tiger Woods. He talks about it with golf. You know, his struggle is that he, he's been injured so much. He's just falling apart. So I don't know what Washington's thinking they're going to get. I guess they hope that they can revive him, be the second team to make, third team to make this attempt. Because the Eagles tried, it didn't work. The Colts just tried, it didn't work. So I guess Washington has the secret sauce or they have the – they have the formula that will make this happen. I don't know. Good luck, Washington fans. I'm sorry, y'all. I hope Carson can bounce back, but I think that we've, we're at the point where we, he is who he is and people have figured out exactly how to get him going. So we'll see what that looks like there. Indianapolis, good job of, of dumping him and getting draft picks. It's all you need to do. And now you can try to figure out your quarterback position again. This will be the, the fifth quarterback in five years. Playing quarterback is hard. Sure, I'll remember that. Playing back quarterback is hard. But I want to talk about this Aaron Rodgers contract. So Aaron Rodgers is reported that it's going to be four years, $200 million. So if you recall on the pod on, on Tuesday that we released, I said that he's probably going to give out $50 million a year, and it's going to be a short deal. Here you go. This makes sense. The NFL's cap is $206 million this year. They got just announced a recent, like 206.3 like or something like that. Don't have the exact number in front of me, but I know that Adam Schefter tweeted it out. So that leaves about $150 million for them to spend on other players in Green Bay. Got that. Well, the thing you got to remember is that this year may be a little meh. But next year, they'll be fine. They'll be more than fine. 2023 is when the new NFL TV deal kicks in. That TV deal is going to be 11 years worth up to $113 billion. Billion dollars. Roughly $10 billion a season. A year. The NFL can opt out in seven years, but that TV deal is huge. It's massive, ginormous. Last one was like 70, it was like 60 or 70 billion. So what that means is, is with the cap being 206, it's probably going to double next year. Get close to it. It's not going to be... 206, it'll probably be close to the three, 300 or maybe almost four. And it could, like I said, it could double. And if it gets close to that, guess what? Aaron Rodgers' contract is is a discount. I said that about the Mahomes deal. Everybody's like, oh my God, they're going to pay him half a billion dollars. How's that going to work? Easy. The new TV deal is going to kick in and this dude's going to be, his contract ain't going to mean, it's going to be cheap. It's a cheap deal. Right now, if Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray's asking for about the same money, that's smart. Get 
that bread now. Because when the new TV deal, correction, teams, give them that bread now. Because when that new TV deal kicks in, those contracts are going to go way higher than that. That's when you're going to start seeing 60 and $70 million a year deals. Because the cap's going to be almost double. Why wouldn't you? The logic is there. Take advantage of the fact that your quarterback's cheap and you can lock them up long-term and not get hit over the head for a big amount. So the only way to be successful long-term for a lot of these teams is going ahead and taking advantage of the fact that your quarterback's going to be on a cheap deal the next year. So good job, Green Bay, locking up the, the wifey. Put another ring on it and uh, realizing that you can't do it without your ex. Now, since you got all this money, put a dome on your stadium. Probably will help you guys in January. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Okay, so... What are the Cowboys doing too? Like, there's a lot of what is everybody doing? Like I said, this is this is refinance season. So NFL teams at this point of the year are trying to get themselves underneath whatever salary cap overages that they have. So you're gonna be hearing about a lot of player teams restructuring deals, moving it from base to like signing bonuses, where they have to pay these players up front. They're going to be shifting money left and right, adding fake years on the end so that they're voidable, so that they can uh, give themselves some cap relief. You're going to be seeing all of this stuff for the next two weeks as the league year gets started. And so the Dallas Cowboys are in a conundrum. Rumors that they can't get DeMarcus Ware to restructure his contract, take less money. They're having issues with Armari Cooper's contract now. And so they, there's rumors that they may release them. It's about six days ago. We haven't heard anything, but they could release them. And so this is full-fledged cap casualty season. If y'all haven't noticed, the cap is like a facade for some weird reason. Look at, um, who was that? The Saints. They got all kinds of debt. They are so over the cap every year. And somehow every year they sign star players. It's like, how do you manipulate it so well? But that's also why they hire capologists to do that stuff, because it's one thing that it's hard to do is understand how these caps work in professional sports, especially like the NFL. So <clears throat> the Mari Cooper thing, though, is interesting to me because I'm trying to figure out why the hell would the Cowboys not try to keep him at wide receiver and why... They would even consider moving him around. 
Now, at his value, I think he signed what four year, hundred something million dollar deal. He ain't played at that level, so I can see that. There was a rumor that he's beefing with Dak right now, and that supposedly he called him the Black Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Stupid. But when I went and looked at the numbers, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Both of them basically are the same quarterback, especially stats wise, and when you get to the to the playoffs, kind of stat padding. Um, but Dak does win a lot bigger games. He he does a better job of winning games that are critical, but not in the playoffs. They're both one in they both only won one playoff game. Dak's lost three. Kurtz lost two. And they put up about the same stats. Dak with less turnovers. But they both make the same simple uh similar mental errors. So it's like, what 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 are we doing here? What are we thinking? And so I don't see why the Cowboys can't figure out a way to get Amari Cooper to restructure his deal to keep him around. Because Amari's not going to get the money he's getting in Dallas anywhere else. Nobody's going to give him that money. He's not worth it. He's shown it. But at the same time, that offense has to get a lot more creative if you want to leverage someone of his talent. Because he's talented as hell. Talented as hell. And then with the emergence of CeeDee Lamb gallop out there there's a good chance that you honestly could go without them you can go pick up some young receivers and make something happen but why would you like i said get rid of a guy that you basically drafted that trade for him was perfect So, Ed Werder had tweeted out this morning at 8 a.m. actually that DeMarcus Lawrence is not going anywhere. They're actually working on his deal probably to figure a way to make sure he sticks around. And then they're working on an Amari Cooper options and they want a new contract for Gallup because Gallup is definitely someone you want to hang on to. You don't want to get rid of him. Which makes the most sense. So, Dallas, find a way to keep the man. Find a way to keep him. Keep your offense together. Honestly, you may want to go ahead and switch out your um, OC. I don't know if Jason Garrett was fully the problem. I feel like it's a little bit more of a Kellen Moore thing. When your offenses get too simple, people start figuring you out. Makes it easy to take you down. Dan Quinn staying, which is a good thing. Defensively, they, the defense wasn't the problem. I think their biggest problem has been creativity on the offensive side. And that's where you've got to make moves and get rid of or shift around Kellen Moore, bring in a new play call or something. So with that, appreciate y'all joining me here on Unfair Sports on a Friday afternoon. Make sure you check us out on the YouTube channel if you want to see some of the videos. I do put some of these videos up, just not all, um, and a lot of uh, college football content there. So while you're there, like, subscribe, rate, review. Use five stars. You think you deserve it? Yeah, let's go get ahead and five anyway and just gift it. So for my Bob and Wendy, thank you so much for helping me out here today on this Friday afternoon. And for my co-host, Jimmy and the OSG, 
we'll have some more stuff later next week. We'll be, I'll be in Vegas. Um, I'll probably record something out there just to let y'all know what's going down. Um, as well as we'll get back on track with twice a week. So with that, chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.